Good evening, everybody. It's Mike Banner uh, from my dining room, not from the lovely studios of WeBeam TV in Newport Ritchie, here tonight with another episode of 62 Who Knew. I hope this uh, episode finds everybody safe and healthy in the very unusual um, world that we now live in. It's, it's definitely very unusual. And uh, my guest and I tonight are going to be discussing that. Uh, we want to thank you as always. I know I played a, a few repeats in the last seven weeks. Uh, working and running my mortgage company from home is, is not something I'm good at, but we're getting through it. Um, so uh, without really further ado, uh, most of you know what 62 New is about. Uh, we're still averaging a little over 80,000 viewers per week. I think that's actually going up because more of you are being forced to stay home. I like it. So let me just give a quick scenario for our first time viewers. And then we're going to go to our guest because she's one of my favorite people. Uh, what is 62 Who Knew? What is our premise? The premise is, is simple. This show is here to talk about the double-edged sword, the mixed blessing, if you would, of longer lifespans. The truth of the matter is, if you live to be 65 in the United States of America today, and notice I said just live to be 65. Not great health, just make it. The odds are 50-50 that you're gonna make it to 90 years old. And the truth of that, to take that even further, is with scientific breakthroughs and medical technologies that have been discovered in the last decade and will be brought forward to the public in the next 10, 15 years, the fact is we'll be living well into our hundreds. This is a scientific fact, but how many people in this country can literally live 25, 30, 40 years in retirement and still maintain a quality of life? Well, the truth is less than 1%. And that is what 62 Who Knew is about. Who knew at the age of 62, when you're approaching retirement, you could still have 30, 40 years left in your life. So this show every week brings on different experts in Medicare, Medicare supplemental policies, Medicaid, long-term care insurance is one of our biggest uh, topics that we draw many people on. Reverse mortgages, Alzheimer's and other types of dementia, health, vacations, attorneys, wills, trusts, the list goes on because we all look at that same thing. We all ask those same questions at 62 years old. Have I saved enough? Should I have paid off my mortgage? Do I need life insurance? I have life insurance. Do I need more? Can I even get more at this age? Should I consider a reverse mortgage for more disposable income? When can I get long-term care insurance? The questions never stop, and that's what we endeavor to do this on 62 Who Knew, which is answer those questions. And tonight, not only are we gonna answer those questions, but because of the unusual times uh, that we're all living through, there's no doubt about it. Uh, we're bringing on one of our favorite guests. This is our fifth time on air. Her name is Miss Diane Daniels. Uh, she is uh, very well nationally known as a Medicare expert. Uh, she brings more than a decade of healthcare experience to her community. And she is also known, as I said, throughout the country. Um, what makes her much more interesting than most in addition to being the owner and founder of Medicare Nation, which is not only her company, but also been named the number one podcast in the nation on the topic of Medicare. 
And she not only educates the client themselves, but she educates the adult uh, children of the clients. It's very, very important uh, that people are involved, that the family is involved. So we're going to talk about normal Medicare topics, um, but we're also going to talk about what's happening in this nation since early March, its effect on people 65 and above, and what kind of effect opening the country is going to have. So without further ado, let's bring in Ms. Diane Daniels, president and founder of Medicare Nation. How are you, Diane? I'm fantastic considering the circumstances. Michael, how you doing? We're doing great. We always have so much fun. You know, when you come to the studio, you know, so many of my guests are, you know, a national or some even out of the country. You're right here in Tampa Bay. So we get to have dinner. We get to go to the studio. But here we are. Well, at least we're not wearing hazmat suits. So that's a good thing. That's right. Or, or masks. Or masks. Um, yeah, which I wear when I do go out in those very, very uh, rare occasions. So before we get to COVID-19 and, um, you know, and its specific effects on what's happening in today's world to today's seniors, has there been any effect, you know, through Medicare Nation, through your national, you know, sphere of influence, you know, that seniors are suffering more than usual because of the quarantine and not being able to have visitors? Not be, I mean, I would think this is very hard on seniors. Yeah, I, I can't even imagine uh, for seniors that are hospitalized, or whether it's for a COVID-19 situation or any type of health situation, and not being allowed to have any of their loved ones present in a hospital or in a nursing home or an assisted living facility, I, I just can't even imagine being there alone and not having the ability to have a family member or a loved one present. I mean, that's got to be absolutely awful, you know? It's, yeah, it's, it's devastating. I have a, a younger nephew in his early 40s that had to go to the emergency room um, a couple of weeks ago and, uh, you know, has a wife and two children. And, you know, at any age, going to the emergency room is rough. You know, thank God he came home a couple of days later. But, you know, his wife dropped him off the front door. They said, you're not coming in. And, yeah. and she left. And very very unusual for this country, very unusual for families and loved ones. But like you said, I can't imagine uh, the emotional devastation on our seniors that are in living facilities that can't get guests. No, and uh, dealing with a lot of my clients, and a lot of them live in uh, 55 plus communities. And I gotta tell you, they, they are absolutely wonderful, Michael. I can only speak yes. uh, about the people that I know in the areas in Florida. But the seniors have been so awesome in social distancing, in self-quarantine, and staying home and not going out unless it's absolutely necessary. And they wear their masks, they wear gloves, or they order delivery, and they're learning quickly how to get online and use computers, I mean, faster than anyone could have imagined. So they are doing so well. They have kept the numbers so low in the Tampa Bay area, seniors now in 55 plus communities, right. that it has just been amazing, amazing how well they have done uh, with, with this tragic disease. It's amazing. Yeah, it never surprises me when some expert like you tells me that seniors are doing well and doing better than people half their age um, because older yep. people are smarter. 
No insult to the younger people, but when you're younger, you think you're invincible. You, you look, you read, you look at facts, then you decide which ones you're going to, you know, adopt into your lifestyle. Um, yeah. But it, there's so much going on. Um, you know, I'm in agreement. Uh, we try never to make this show political, but I don't know if you can talk about COVID-19, you know, without making it a little political. I'm in agreement with President Trump of opening up the country slowly, um, carefully. Now, is that going to happen? I don't know. Um, but there are worse things than a disease. I know people personally that got their $1,200 checks. And like you, I'm referring to Florida, but have not got any of their unemployment due to the antiquated system. And their family has no food to eat. So saying to them, no, you have to quarantine. You can't go to work. I got to tell you, a piece of me thinks that's worse than getting the disease. Uh, looking at your family and your children and saying, I'm sorry, I can't, I'm capable, but I'm going to quarantine myself because that's what's safe. But daddy, we have no money. Daddy, we have no food. We're in a very rough position now. Money, life. I I don't think we should have to choose, but some people have to. So I'm in agreement with opening up the country. What do you say about that? No, I, I'm also in agreement uh, with opening the company, excuse me, the company, the country. Um, I've been well, very blessed. If you, ask um, it, if you ask him, it just is Donald Trump's company, so don't worry about it. <laughs> it's his company. Uh, with, it's his company. With, with Medicare, okay. I've been very blessed. It's, it's a recession-proof uh, type of business. I mean, you need your Medicare when you're turning 65. You just have to know, yep. uh, you know what you're going to utilize, and if you need the supplemental plans or you're going to go on a Medicare Advantage plan or you're going to use your VA benefits. So you need it one way or other. So I've been very blessed and fortunate to be able to continue working from home. It's been absolutely actually better for me because now I've been able to talk to people all over the country and utilize the computer and the phones to talk mm-hmm. with people, show them things and help them anywhere from the country. Whereas before, I, I really couldn't do that. Right. So technology-wise, uh, it has been much better um, on my neck of, wo- of the woods and helping people get online and to learn. Just learning Zoom, amazing. Yeah. I had I had to do a video. I made I had to do an, my own video to show people how to even get on Zoom. But these these seniors are just tremendously brilliant. Yes, and they're great. You know, knowing they got to do it, they're just going to do it. They don't like change, but they know they got to do it. They do it, and they, they have just been, do it tremendously adaptable really no yes no doubt about it and i am one of the people that do complain about technology every now and then obviously it's essential to run my mortgage company to do a television show i'm not that much of a dinosaur but where would we be without technology during this covid19 where you know sources of information where to go even when you were on the show a couple of months ago and said mm-hmm. that now Medicare, you know, is covering your COVID-19, um, you know, I think it was checkups. And you, weren't they one of right. the first government, you know, entitlement programs that included this? Yeah, absolutely. Medicare was right on top of it right from day one. And they've even expanded it so much, Michael. Uh, I'm pretty proud of the Medicare uh, part of the government. They've opened it up that anyone for anything involved with COVID-19 whatsoever, whether it's for doctor visits, 
whether it's for testing, whether it's for hospitalization, they've waived all the co-payments and co-insurance uh, for That's anything incredible. COVID. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's fantastic. So this way, if you have COVID-19, whether you have insurance or not, Medicare or not, you're going to be able to get treated and just know you're going to be able to get the best of the best without worrying about money or insurance. It's fantastic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's been very, very good. The testing, uh, as everyone hears all the time, uh, has been lacking in a respect because people that don't have it want to know if they do or not. I want to know if they have exactly. the antibodies. They, that's what it is. They, everybody wants to know, and they were only allowing people that were presenting with symptoms or who was around someone who had it or came back from traveling from the country. Those were only the people that were allowed to get tested. And I don't know about over uh, in your area in, in Pinellas County, but over here in Hillsborough now, anyone can get tested now. So you don't have to have any of the symptoms. You don't have to have any of the previous criteria. Anyone can now walk in to a walk-in or drive-up facility and they can get tested now here in Hillsborough County. I'm not sure if that exists in Pinellas. I know there are a couple of testing places, um, mm -hmm. but I don't know how many of them are. And I'm still a little dismayed, um, you know, if, again, depending on what cable news network you watch, yep. you know, we mm -hmm. can say we're all up to date and the testing's going great. But, uh, you know, we, sh we should have tested 20, 30 million people by now. Um, mm -hmm. that's the way to get a handle on this. Uh, we just, yeah, how many have we, yeah, I don't understand, uh, what is the problem with massive testing? Now, I don't think there's anything wrong with the massive testing. I think one of the obstacles that's presenting itself is that they have so many different manufacturers of the tests and they're getting false positives. And so oh. they're not a hundred percent sure with some of the manufacturing testing kits if they're working properly. So they're trying to determine which ones are accurate and which ones are not. And it's kind of, it's causing obstacles and snags in the delay in getting people the testing kits that are working properly. I didn't know there was test. I, I didn't know there was any trouble with validity from some yeah. of the manufacturers. Didn't know mm -hmm. that at all. Yeah, because there's so many. They, they, you know, they've been so good about getting rid of the red tape, but they also let the, you know, uh, you know, um, the veracity of it, they let that go too. So yeah, a lot of it is yeah. not presenting. Yeah, mm -hmm. there's an old fashioned saying that came from a generation past us. And I, let me, I don't want to goof it up, but it's, uh, I think somebody, an older person said to somebody, look, you can have it cheap, you can have it fast, or you can have it right. Pick two out of the three. Because you ain't <laughs> exactly. getting all three. Yeah, um, I think I said that right, I'm not sure. No, you got it right. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and what the, do you the think other, about? Yep. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead, please. No, I was going to say another issue that I, uh, that has come up quite a bit. I, I've gotten so many phone calls on this and emails and texts from clients. Uh, people kept saying, I, "I haven't gotten my stimulus check yet." These are people that are on Medicare and receive their Social Security benefits. I haven't gotten it yet. Is something wrong? Why? Why have I not received it yet? And I have to keep uh, explaining to everyone. Look. We're talking about millions and millions of people that, that are receiving this stimulus check. And yeah. anyone that, that is on Social Security, okay, uh, that's, that it, it fits the criteria that's making less than 75000 in their just a gross income as an individual is going to receive their stimulus check 
directly into the account where they receive their social security check. And I, I keep mm -hmm. telling them that and they go, Oh, but all my friends got it. I, I go, yeah, yeah, just be patient. You have to wait. And then finally, you know, they call me three weeks later and say, Oh yes, I got it. No, I didn't get it. But you know, so that's been the hardest part for a lot of people is they're waiting for that check. They haven't received it and they're scared that something's going to go wrong. So I want all of you out there just to know that if you're receiving social security and you, directly deposited into your bank account. That's exactly where the stimulus check is going to go. All right. And also, obviously, if that's if you are a disabled um, veterans and uh, SSI. And uh, if you're a person that uh, has dependents, though, and you have Social Security, you do have to go online and right. register and make sure because that's not going to be automatic. So mm -hmm. if you are a social security recipient and you have dependents, you have to get online and register. That you do have to do. It's not automatic. And the longer it takes mentally and emotionally yeah. and financially, mm -hmm. the less that 1200 has an effect on your life. When everybody said in the middle of March, when everyone said on TV, everyone's getting 1200. Well, everybody had just quarantined for a week. Hey, that'll help with the mortgage payment the car payments, food. Mm -hmm. But if it's six or eight weeks later and you haven't got it, suddenly you're two months in the hole. You're two months without income. And as we know, most of the country does not have cash reserve. Sad but true. Now suddenly it's like, not only do I want my 1200 when's the next one coming? Yeah. You know? mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I hear you. So, um, you know, what... This is such a strange set of rules. I mean, most people think that there is going to be a very large uptick in deaths over the next two, three months now that we've ended the quarantine. I shouldn't say we've ended it, but we've ended it to a point. There are going to be people mixing with each other. Hopefully smart ones will have masks, um, but there'll be people without masks too. Um, what do you feel about that? Do you agree that the death toll is going to step up the next couple of months. And, and I'm sorry, I just want to uh, make sure I heard you correctly. Are you, are you talking like death, like dead, like Grim Reaper? Yeah, like really dead. The Grim Reaper. Yeah. I mean, really dead. <laughs> yeah, like really you can't dead. come back. I, you know, I'm hearing, I'm, I'm reading things from various sources that are saying we probably have to get used to in this country about 2,000 people a day dying for the rest of this year. And there are more extreme predictions out there. But that's a lot of people. Doesn't seem like a lot. It that's is a lot. a lot, but a lot, a lot of things that's happening also is don't forget where we are the number one country. Even though you and I just said we wish the testing was more, so that by now we should have two thirds of the country done already with testing, right? But yeah, still we are the number one country that is testing the most. Right. So that being said. Now you add the number of people that are tested with the people that are positive compared in contrast to the people that have died, it, the, the death numbers percentage-wise are going down because of the increase in the positive cases with the testing. Exactly. Okay, so yes, the death uh, rates will be going up, but they also have not been able to clearly um, by uh, bisect regular flu deaths That's to right. COVID-19 deaths. So we've got a lot. I mean, you know, we were in flu season. 
And many of those deaths could have been attributed to regular flu. But we won't right. know now. Yeah, and what does happen, you know, not that a death of an older person is any less. In fact, to me, it's even no. it's even worse. But what happens when a person in their 70s or 80s with some type of lung disease, with some type of diabetes, mm -hmm. who is overweight, you know, and he has the COVID-19 in him, is that death due to COVID-19? Or was COVID-19 the straw that broke the camel's back? Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. So well, they're um, gonna they're gonna uh, they're gonna take it as a COVID nineteen. If they died and they were positive for COVID nineteen, they're attributing it to COVID nineteen. That's the story. Now, what is this? I, I know it's not a rumor because people are saying it, but I know doctors who are saying it's not true. But I know other doctors who are saying it's true that hospitals are getting a certain amount of increased funding for labeling their deaths COVID nineteen. You, I've had doctors say, Michael, that's crazy. That's just crazy political talk. And I've had doctors say there is no doubt that they will get more federal funding if, in fact. Well, well, I can tell you they are getting more federal funding uh, for some things. So we're talking about the COVID testing. So we have the two types of tests. We have the one test that will tell you if you have COVID-19 or not. And then we right. have the second test that, that tells you if you have the antibodies. If the doctor prescribes or the medical professional prescribes for the antibody test, that provider or facility get paid more. Okay, that makes sense. Okay, so they're going to get paid more if they utilize that test as opposed to the regular COVID-19, do you have it? And they're, and they're doing that with a lot of testing and things attributed to COVID-19. So... I can't uh, say factually that that's correct, uh, but no, I knowing that some of the uh, tests and things that are going on through Medicare are they are paying out more money, and because it's COVID nineteen, directly because of it, it is a possibility. Uh, again, I have no facts depends. to back it up, but yeah, I, I, I'm again. It depends on who you listen to, and I try to listen to as few people as I can. Uh, because depending on who you listen to, you get the craziest of stories, uh, you know, oh, know even on mainstream TV or cable TV. But I'm being told, you know, or I shouldn't say I'm being told, I'm reading and watching uh -huh. on, on television, you know, that somebody comes in from the emergency room to the emergency room, was hit by a car. Okay, they're dead, but they test positive for COVID-19. So that's a COVID-19 death. So, uh -huh. but, you know. I think there's a certain amount of skewing. I'm getting very worried that we can't trust any of these figures. Uh, not that I've trusted them a lot from the very beginning, but you know, more testing is going to bring more negative results because mm -hmm. we're going to know about it. So, is That's this right. the, you know, is this the illness? Is this the virus spreading because we're now out and we're opening up and we're going to restaurants and things like that? Or is it simply because we're testing more people? And of course, yeah, each I, side of the aisle is going to use that information you know, to meet their goals. And that right. worries me for the American public. It, it worries me for them too. And like I've said, uh, with adding more people that are getting tested is going to raise the more positive results, which is going to raise those numbers, yeah. which are going to lower the total deaths compared to that number. 
So that those numbers are skewed right there. And we just talked about people are getting labeled. They, they diagnosed death because of the COVID-19 skewed numbers. Uh, the, like I told you, these different tests, some of them aren't even accurate skewing the numbers. So mm -hmm. we're not getting the most accurate numbers here. Um, I think what we need to look for, and I've heard this from the CDC professionals when they speak, uh, saying if you see a very extremely sudden peak in cases, that mm -hmm. that would be more attributed to us being in public and being around others and then you know c catching it or giving it to someone else. Okay, mm -hmm. I think that that would be a good telltale sign. You know, not mm -hmm. that today we had 10,000, you know, more people diagnosed and tomorrow we had three and the next day we have four. No, if all of a sudden we see a spike, you know, in Florida of 50,000 people, boom, whereas yeah. yesterday it was at 5,000. Now you're mm -hmm. talking that, that maybe that we're not practicing the proper social distancing and that totally did affect and is transmitting the virus again. Like well, last week here in Pinellas County, um, deaths, we're up 45%. Now, we just started opening up last week. I have to think it's way too soon to think mm -hmm. that the few people that went to work or, or went to their favorite restaurant for lunch or dinner affected that. But where yeah, I was- Think about it, Michael. It takes two to 14 days. You yeah. have two to 14 days to know if, you, if you're going to have it or not. So, I mean, everybody was only out for a few days. There's no way all Yeah, so it couldn't have been that. No. But it was a no. little disappointing for death rate to be up 45%. I bet you, though, the next day it, it was down to 30 because more people tested positive. I did, yeah, and I didn't look today. Um, I just learned just recently, which is kind of cool, if you have the Weather Channel app on your phone, they actually have a little button. If, if you go to theweatherchannel.com yeah. and to the lower right corner, they, you can hit your button, and whatever county oh you're in, it gives you the specific statistics of who wow. has been, uh, yeah, kind of neat. I mean, I've been trusting the weather channel. That's where the world has gotten to. I'm trusting the weatherman. This is <laughs> well, not good. Well, in Florida, we do trust the weathermen and women here. <laughs> yeah. You know? There's a hurricane they do a pretty darn good job. They that's do a right, good job. That's right. Well, you know, uh, I, people keep saying to me, uh, you know, when we get back to normal, I'm not sure normal is ever going to be what it was. Now, one great thing about this great country, I said that, I put in too many greats. One thing about this great country that isn't necessarily so great is, I don't know of any nation that has a shorter memory than America. We tend to get over things, great things and bad things. You know, I always use this as an example, but you know, a day after 9-1-1, there were no Republicans or Democrats. We were just Americans. And that lasted for a couple of months, even yeah. though it was the worst disaster mm -hmm. in American history. Presidents do terrible things. All presidents, everybody gets upset. Six to eight weeks later, we win a medal in something. Oh, there's, you know, something happens in Zurich and we win a gold medal. And that's now the front page and we forget. Um, do you think the country's learning a lesson? I mean, is the death? I have people saying to me, um, you know, I'm not sure if I'm going to shake anybody's hand for a very long time, even when they tell me it's safe. Maybe a little fist bump. Boom. Maybe an elbow. 
but I'm not sure I want to do the handshake ever. Now, I think that's a little paranoid, but I almost can't blame people for thinking that way. Uh, this, this may have changed normal for a very long time. What do you think about that? Yeah, I, I think it's definitely um, going to change some of our social behaviors for sure. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, it affects every single human being. It's not just Americans. It's everyone on this planet is affected with this. So I think that people that are over the age of 30 are going to be a little uh, more careful about how they are socially and the behaviors with breeding people out there. Mm -hmm. And I think I'd be very comfortable with fish bumping. I don't know if I'm completely comfortable with handshakes and I enjoy hugging people so much. I really do. I love hugging people, but I'm definitely not comfortable with that right now. And I don't know if I will ever be, I, I want to be, but I don't know if I'll ever get to that point. So that's really going to change things a lot for even myself. And I'm sure there's a lot of other people who think that way also. So, you know, fist bumping and like you said, elbows or, ankles or whatever you're doing is is going to be uh, more of the new way of greeting somebody, I, I think. California kiss without yeah, actually yeah, having exactly. to kiss. Yes. But I'm like you, I'm a hugger. And, mm -hmm. um, you, know, I, I, you know, not that I go around hugging strangers because, well, you could get arrested for that. But, you know, there, I, I am a hugger. Uh, and I mm -hmm. think those days may be gone for a little while. Um, I, I think the days of you know, going to a sporting event. And I don't mean just for the rest of the season or, you know, a crowded restaurant with a line out the door where you're standing, yeah. you know, like this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think people are going to be afraid of that for time to come. And I think that could be good for us health-wise, but I also think it could be damning economically. Um, like, again, the new rule, which was, you know, only can government think of this, you know, restaurants can open to 25% capacity. Well, I've been in the restaurant business, not recently in my life, but and have friends in the restaurant business. Opening your restaurant and only having 25% capacity, you actually lose more money than if you stayed closed. So again, government thinking at its best. Um, but I, I, you know, what do you think? I'm of the opinion, if we don't see a huge rise in the death toll, with the company, with the company, I did what you did, with the country <laughs> opening up. And people get busier and get more comfortable in restaurants, in malls, maybe soon movie theaters, maybe soon gyms, you know, and, and everything that goes with it. I think the economy is going to make a rather vicious comeback. Uh, I know some people don't think that. A lot of people think it's going to come back quick. That being said, if we see an increase in the death toll, in the next few weeks, I think we could have real problems. Yeah, you know, people really are glued to their TV sets and paying very close attention uh, to what the media, you know, is and the journalists are saying about all this. And when you have the death tolls rising, that immediately sparks fear. And fear is is a big enemy, you know, towards our economy. That's the biggest, yes. biggest uh, enemy for our economy. You know, 
going out, you know, everybody by themselves. Would you uh, say that if a stranger walked into a room where you've been prior to the pandemic and you were talking to them and if they were standing two feet or less in front of you, would have that made you uncomfortable? Just two in feet or less. Let me think about that. Like Jerry Seinfeld would say, that's a close talker. A, a little uncomfortable, but not enough to say anything. Okay, but a now, little uncomfortable, they did right? It today. Well, Excuse forget me? today, right? So what I'm saying that that little bit right there would make a normal person it be prior to the pandemic uncomfortable. Now yeah. we're hearing six feet, six feet, six feet. That's that's all they keep saying. I, I think we're going to have a whole new standard now for your own personal uh, safety and your own personal comfortableness, it's going to be like six feet. So like, even, you know, even going to a networking event or a social event or a wedding or something, it's like everybody's going to have to be standing like around five or six feet away for everybody to feel comfortable that they're mm -hmm. going to be able to enjoy themselves. And I think that's just going to be the way it is, no matter where you are and whatever it is that you're doing, your whole social aspect is, is going to change now and spread out to that five to six feet. I do think that people will be happy to do that in malls uh, for the time being, because I know online shopping, which I have been doing for like the yes. past four years anyway. Amazon must be blown. happy as hell at this. Yes. Oh, please. You know, they're going to own, you know, the whole friggin' world in about five years. That's right. They're very happy. You know, I just heard that they were uh, put in uh, to buy out AMC theaters. Makes sense. Yeah. So, I mean, they are just gobbling up mm -hmm. every part, a sector of this that they can. And I don't know if I can see movie theaters coming back to being the way it was. I mean, drive-in theaters can come back in full force now. I've been seeing that. That'd be kind of nice. Yeah. Very mm -hmm. cool, right? Uh, they're going to have to change the seating if they're going to they're going to do it in the theaters. You're going to have to spread them out to the six feet. You can't have the people next to you. you just nobody's. I don't want. I don't even like someone sitting next to me before we had the pandemic. Well, you ever seen you know, like what was it the uh, the King of Queens episode where he's in there with his wife? There's no one in the theater, and some guy comes walking in, sits right next to him, and he's like, "Yes, oh, I remember that." In a bit. <laughs> now you know, but uh, again, I like that, and I think I'd be more comfortable with it. But when you carry that out exponentially, economically, you know, as it is, we're paying three hundred and twelve dollars, you know, for a small popcorn. Can you imagine if they had half the seating, what a movie ticket would cost, or a bottle of water, or you know, or you know, tuna fish sandwich, thirty-seven dollars? I mean, it's just absolutely crazy. And then when you bring that out to restaurants, bars, lounges, the beach, the concessions at the beach. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You suddenly not only, um, you know, have a weak economy, but you have small businessmen and large businessmen, but the backbone of America is small businessmen, that their hardware store, um, if there are already small hardware stores, but their restaurant, their the nail place, the beautician, the list just goes on and on. If everybody's got to stay six feet away from each other, those entrepreneurs are going to be in very big trouble. Or we're going to see price increases because their landlords are not going to say, let's cut your rent in half since you can only let half the people in. And the electric company is certainly not going to say, let's cut your electric bill. This, right. The ramifications of social distancing, even though we have to do it for our health, they could be devastating to this country's economy.
it could be devastating, but again, uh, there are bad things coming out of it, and there are new good things that are coming out of it. So more people working at home. How many companies would not even allow anyone to work from home? They would not allow it at all. But because of the situation, they had to in order to get things done. And now they're looking at it going, oh, that's not so bad. Look at that. They're still doing their work. I thought that they would have been, you know, distracted and, and not been able to talk to 15 people a day or whatever it is, mm -hmm. to make their sale. I think a lot more companies are going to see that people can work from home and get their job done, what they need to do. And they're also going to be able to see that maybe they don't have to have an office. So now there's going to be changes. More people can work from home, but now there's not going to be as much office space because a lot of the companies can see that they don't have to have pay. Why do they got to pay such tremendous rent for office space? Mm -hmm. So th these are all kinds of different things that are going to be in the changing and, and technology and on the computer telehealth. Okay. Telehealth is going exploding now, exploding. Whereas five years ago where I knew it was coming out, nobody would even think twice had nothing to do with it. They don't want nothing to do with it. Nothing. And tell, now tell our, that's exactly tell our how audience a little bit about telehealth for those people yeah. that are not used so to that uh, phrase. The, the telehealth now is uh, going on your computer or on your smartphone and talking to one of your providers, whether it's your primary doctor, uh, the physician's assistant, the APRN, and talking to them about your medical situation, uh, a visit instead of meeting them in person. And you're talking just like me and Michael are talking right now. Uh, this would be like a telehealth situation if, mm -hmm. if I was talking to Michael as my doctor. So you literally talk on a, a platform and teledoc is one of the most famous ones that has been in existence for a very long time. And you just have your visit over the internet, whether it's on an app on your phone or here on right. a laptop computer. Now it's very difficult because they can't touch you. Okay. But I have been with clients who were having telehealth sessions with their doctor and they're excellent. The doctors are yep. very thorough. Actually, mm -hmm. I think they're listening more and paying more attention to their patients. Uh, I think it's an excellent, excellent thing. And I, it will continue to grow and people are becoming more used to it. How better is this than to be able to sit here and talk to your doctor? I don't have to drive 30 minutes, worry about parking, wait in wait the waiting in the room. office. Exactly. I mean, you have an appointment at 1030. They send you the email at 1025. You click on the link, boom, you're on. And it's like, wow, it's fantastic. So there's a lot of good to it that it comes out of it. And like I said, with Medicare right now, they're, they're not charging you anything for it not a penny okay That's where people before uh were paying anywhere from 30 to 75 dollars uh, for a telehealth visit to go online and talk to a provider prior to mm -hmm. the pandemic so it's just an excellent platform it once you do it once it's so easy to do and i i think more seniors are going to enjoy it immensely once they get mm -hmm. over that first fear of attempting yeah. something they're going to do something wrong you know that's the one thing they're afraid of but it's so easy to use and do and they feel much more comfortable talking to the doctors because the doctors are listening they really are and That's right. uh it's simple they they call or fax over the prescriptions they call or fax over uh to you you get your blood work your labs done or your mris or whatever it is you got it done it's all done seamlessly it's really an excellent excellent tool and you know what the best part is for mental health 
mental health because a lot of mental health providers, whether they're psychologists or um, therapists or psychiatrists, a lot of them don't accept insurance at all, which means that they don't even take Medicare. So they're having people self-pay, paying cash for it, and it's expensive for a lot of people. So even under Medicare, a lot of those providers do not even accept Medicare. So the few that do, that are in the programs, they're inundated with patients. And it takes sometimes months for someone who's depressed to get to talk to one of these providers. Right. And by then, it, it could be way worse for that person. The problem aren't going to get better. Yeah, it, it totally exasperates. Exactly. So with this program, they're able to utilize professionals from all over the country okay, that are licensed and able to do so. So there's many more professionals involved, much more appointments available, and routinely being able to get online like this and talk with a professional if you're depressed or you have anxiety or whatever other mental health problems you have is just wonderful uh, compared to what it was before. That we take so long. This is a great, great uh, in history for people with mental health. I'm looking forward to this and so happy for the people in Medicare for them to be able to utilize this for uh, mental health assistance. It, this is an exceptionally great thing that has happened from uh, the virus, definitely. Mm-hmm. I'm also reading about and even have seen a couple of tools um, that were either apps for your phone or other tools going back to the telemed, you know, where the mm-hmm. doctor can, you know, you can take your blood pressure, you can take your temperature, and it goes directly into an app, and the doctor can say, all right, your blood pressure yep. is... You know, 280 over 220, dial 911. Um, or everything is fine. Or, yeah, yeah, really. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah I have no doubt that what we're being forced to do is going to help some industries. I just, I, I keep going back, you know, we'll talk about the, we could do a whole show on whether people should work from home or not. Many people work from home prior to COVID-19. Um, I don't enjoy it. I like getting up, going to an office, the social you know, interaction. Um, it's driving me crazy, and it's been seven or eight weeks. I'm being productive, um, but it's driving me crazy. But again, as I carry everything forward, this again, depending on what cable news station you listen to, you know, fear, no matter what side of your aisle, of the aisle you're on. And again, I'm trying not to be political, but I can't help it. I think 62, who knew, maybe becoming a little more political in the future. (laughs) One side of the aisle is going to use the fear to make their point. And the other side of the aisle is going to use that same exact fear to make a totally opposite point. Yet it's the same fear. But when I think about, you know, a company that has 20 mortgage processors, and maybe a couple of them work from home, and now suddenly they all are, and I'm doing it, you know, in my own industry. And suddenly I think to myself, well, I guess I don't need 3,000 square feet. Well, that's good in a lot of ways. It's going to cut down on my overhead. I may even be able to pay people more. That's a great thing. But if you multiply that by all the businesses in the country that can now have people work at home, there is going to be a commercial real estate gut that is second to none. Because when you there go is. to renew your lease, you go, I don't need two or 3,000 square feet. Mm-hmm. I need half that. I need less than half that. Uh, people that are working home, and we're doing this on my dining room table. 
with a laptop I, I and have a screen mm -hmm. and a printer. I'm not mm -hmm. really set up with an office, but if I decided to run my company from here, quite frankly, I'd have to move because my yeah. house is not set up for it. There's not a bedroom for it. Um, that yeah. may be a good thing for the real estate community. People have to move. They need an office in the home, um, but that's also a bigger mortgage payment. So yeah, like I always say about 62, who knew the tentacles, you know, of, of longer lifespans, isn't that wonderful? We'll be around longer, but there is a downside for this country to suddenly decide that we can do a lot of things from home. I think there's a downside for children. Children maybe um, that might be used to being home with one parent. Now the other parent is home. And fine, if they're a teenager, that's easy to explain. But how do you say to a three or a four or a five-year-old, mommy can't hug you right now. Daddy can't hug you right now. I know we're not usually here. No, I can't sit down and watch SpongeBob with you. I'm working. Mm -hmm. It's rough. I, I, you know, I know. I'm seeing it with some people in my family where you have to, mm -hmm. not myself, because I'm too old for that, but where you have to say to your children, you have to leave mommy and daddy alone right now. We're working. I'm not yeah. sure I like that, but I'm, a, I'm an old Jewish mother. So it's, uh, you know, just trapped in, my, in the man's body. Um, but there's ramifications for what's happening here that I know can do well by us. But I think there's some ramifications that could hurt us very bad. Of course it is. And I, and I think it's been like that for every major disaster yes. and epidemic and pandemic that's ever happened in the history of mankind. And we just have to adjust to it. You have to adjust to it or yeah, no you're going to go. You're falling between the cracks and you're gone. I mean, we didn't even have a, a, any major catastrophe for it. It was just technology where Polaroid, who was such an, uh, I mean, amazing? the name was, is just amazing name. Okay. And Kodak, Kodak was the number one name in film. That's it. My first I camera thought. was a Kodak. Well, there you go. Okay. Yeah. Kodak 110. Yes. Yes. Ah, see, that crappy picture. I didn't even like the picture. But anyway, yeah. Kodak was just a number one in film. And they refused to develop and accept the technology of digital. They refused. Mm -hmm. And it put them right out of business. It put them right out of business. No, yeah. That's it. And it, yeah. I mean, but like you said, Kodak, you know, was for our generation, Polaroid for our parents' generation. I mean, I remember mm -hmm. my father going, um, you know, not let's, you know, not grab the camera. Mike, hand me the Polaroid. I mean, these were American institutions. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Really kind of incredible. Exactly. They just so what do didn't you think? grasp what was ahead of them. Mm -hmm. Well, what's that other cliche? The only thing consistent in life is change. Exactly. But if you would have thought back, though, I mean, just eight, ten weeks, that a disease, a virus, you would expect it, you would expect it to have an effect on health, on home life. Mm -hmm. But to see something like this demolish the markets, although thanks to the stimulus money, we've made a comeback, raise interest rates, raise the cost of money, hurt the bond market, hurt the financial and stock market. Who would have thought that a virus, who would have thought that the number one nation in the country could have their economy shut down by a virus? Well, the, the, we all would have thought it would have been that, a computer virus, not uh, well, a regular virus. No, that's probably coming next. But yeah. at least 
all everyone, like I said, all mankind, every country is going through this. It's not just the United States. So it's all we're all in the same playing field now. We've all yeah. had to deal with this. So we will all come out of it. It's amazing to me that the stock yes. market, even though it really dropped, I can't believe how fast it has come back. That's right. Okay. So considering what has happened here and how bad the economy had gotten and, and how bad the number of people contracted the disease and the number of deaths worldwide, the economy is still moving on. And I think it's going to succeed and come back because it's all of us together, the whole world. It's a global effect. And yeah. together in the world, we will come back and it will all come back together. There is some positive stuff out there that this is making, uh, I won't say a certain group of people, but the masses be a little more polite, a little more concerned about their neighbor. That's a very positive effect. It might bring the world closer together. But again, I have a little bit more of a sour attitude because I'm getting old and grumpy. You know, six months after this is all over, I hope everybody remembers that extra kindness. Um, I really and truly do. So now, um, you know, we don't have too much time remaining. When you're here, the hour goes uh, of so course. quick. We it's, never have, it's, we just, never have time. it's just unbelievable how quick the time goes. Um, what do you think this hurts the current regime or it helps the current? This hurts the current regime stay in office and trying to stay neutral or it helps a new regime come in? Well, I, I think in history's past, uh, for administrations who have dealt with disasters, wars, um, and things of such, uh, that as long as they tried their best, to the best of their abilities, I think it helped them. Yeah, I agree with that. And I'm just thinking of every president uh, prior to this who went through world wars uh, with all the disasters, and I think it helped them. Yeah, you don't want to switch captains of the ship. And I'm not taking sides, Republican I'm not or Democrat. I'm but not when you're in the middle of a storm, it's sometimes bringing in a new captain can hurt. You know, sometimes mm -hmm. you got to say that, you know, um, and with a few I, minutes remaining. I actually remaining, think, I think the administration is doing a very decent job. I really do. I mean, so do I, but it's job. dangerous to say that. I, I'm saying <laughs> that's why I'm people saying just turned off the show. Yeah. I don't get, I'm saying decent. I mean, how about, I mean, yeah. this is so unknown to anybody and they're taking the best steps that they all can. I yeah. mean, and they're adjusting as they go. I mean, they're turning the wheel left and right as they go. Yeah. So, I don't know if anybody could have been prepared for this. Nobody, you know? Yeah. So we're doing, we're learning as we go and we're trying to do the best thing for everybody. You know, they're not perfect. Hell no. But, no. you know, we're doing the best we all can. And I think that people are making the biggest difference. That is what's making the biggest that's difference. It, that's exactly are the true. Americans, are the citizens and, and all the citizens of the world. Yeah. Once again, the country rose up to prove we are the best. I got no problem with that. And I don't care what no. side of the aisle you're on. The American no. dream is alive. That's why people walk, run, swim, crawl to get here. Um, no matter how bad we're doing, we're still yeah. the best country in the history of history. Um, in, the right. few minutes, in the few minutes remaining, though, I do find it ironic at best. You, know, you and I discussed Medicare for all, you know, it's months ago, um, you know, when Bernie brought it out, when, you know, Bernie Sanders, and we both pretty much agreed that it would be devastating under its, you know, 
the way he was suggesting it. But I love how um, people that hate socialism, and I'm one of them, I don't get any hate mail, I don't want socialism in this country, but it's amazing how everybody that hates socialism is going, where's my government check, baby? Where's my food money? Why aren't you telling the banks that they can't foreclose on me? Why aren't you telling the landlords they can't evict me? Why aren't you giving, where's my unemployment? You're a 1099 person. You can't get unemployment, but I want it. Suddenly everybody's a socialist (laughs) and they get insulted when you say that. Well, that's the American foundation right there. They want it. It's their right, they want it. So Yeah, suddenly we're a socialist nation and nobody's bitching. No, we can't have that. No, One well, no. thing I want uh, to bring up, if you don't mind, unless you have something pertinent you want to bring up. No, please do. All right. So I would just want to let everybody out there know uh, that because the president declared a national emergency, FEMA jumped on declaring it a national emergency. And, of course, the Health and Human Services declared a national emergency. All of you have a special election period that started on March 1st. If you have a Medicare Advantage plan, and because of the COVID-19 situation, that's all you could think about was the virus and what was going on, and you couldn't think about your Medicare that you wanted to make a change, you now can make the change up until June 30th. They have extended a special election period for all of you that weren't able to make that decision. So if you are worried about the Medicare Advantage plan you're on, please call your insurance agent, your Medicare advisor. If you don't have anyone, please. You can reach out to me and you can send me an email to support at themedicarenation.com. I'm happy to help you or please call your advisor and talk to them about the changes you'd like to make. But you could do it. And so take that time now that the government has allowed you the opportunity and get the right plan for your unique needs. That is an important message. Sometimes a, a present day emergency, and this is not just a one day emergency, it's ongoing and ongoing, sometimes people at all ages, but specifically seniors, take their eye off other urgencies. And it seems like the older we get, I know the older I get, there seems to be more urgent things that needs to be taken care of. Exactly, exactly. Well, we're gonna, so we're gonna get else? through this. We're gonna get through this. Oh no, we're absolutely, we get through everything. Everything. We get through everything. Crawling, we get through, we get, we'll be crawling our last breath, we're gonna be there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll send well, the with love a little bugs. over a minute. I'm sorry, say again. I'll send the love bugs. Yeah. The love bugs are yeah. out. Or yeah, I know. Bugs. They're all over the call those my car. Oh, that's oh. another thing. A dollar fifty a gallon for gas, and we can't hey. drive anywhere? You talk hey, about what's up with that. You talk about yeah, ironic. Well, it's go- <laughs> it'll start going up next week. Oh, as soon as we all start using our cars, it'll go right up. Yeah. $3. Capitalism at its best, baby. American oh. entrepreneur. You can't use your car, gas is close to nothing. <laughs> You're gonna use your car, it's going up. Well, as always, with about 40 seconds to go, thank you for being here. Um, always enjoy having you. The hour just goes so quick. Thank you for helping as many people as you do. Uh, we really appreciate that. I hope our audience appreciates it. Um, you can see uh, guys uh, up on the screen, you know, Medicare Nation, www themedicarenation.com. Follow Diane, read what she does. Uh, She does a lot of stuff. And um, there's just a lot of uh, great stuff on the website. So with 10 seconds to go, thank you so much, Diane, as always. And thank uh, thank everybody. I thank our audience. 
please stay safe and healthy. Let's be good to each other. Take care. Bye-bye.